Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Paola. I'm Danielle. And today we're talking about the 2002 horror film, The Ring. Um, it's a supernatural horror film directed by Gore Verbinski and starring Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson, David Dorfman, Brian Cox, and Davy Chase. It's a remake of Hideo Nakata's 1998 Japanese horror film, Ring, based on Koji Suzuki's 1991 novel of the same name. This is going to be not spoiler-free, so if you have not seen this movie... Spoiler alert! I guess go watch it and then come back. Or, if you're, you know, a chaotic Aries, you just watch this and then you go watch the movie. Sure, why not? So here is the Wikipedia plot synopsis. In Seattle, teenage best friends Katie Embry and Becca Coulter discuss their town's resident legend of a cursed videotape. Whoever watches it dies seven days later. Katie claims she watched the tape a week ago, and minutes later she is killed by an unseen force. At Katie's funeral, her aunt Rachel Keller begins to investigate Katie's death. Rachel lives with her young son, Aiden, who possesses a degree of mediumship. Rachel learns that Katie's friends, Josh, Stacy, and Scott, who also viewed the tape, all died on the same night as Katie, all with disfigured appearances. Rachel travels to Shelter Mountain Inn, where Katie stayed, discovering the cursed videotape. Rachel watches the tape, which contains disturbing, gruesome imagery. Once the tape ends, Rachel receives a phone call from an unknown caller who whispers, Seven days. Rachel recruits Noah, her ex-boyfriend and Aiden's father, to study the tape, making a copy after he watches the original. Rachel begins to experience supernatural phenomena as the week passes, haunted by a young girl with soaking wet, long black hair. Investigation into the tape's imagery leads Rachel to Anna Morgan, a horse breeder from Moesco Island who committed suicide after her prize-winning horses drowned themselves. Rachel catches Aiden watching the tape and discovers Noah is also experiencing supernatural occurrences. Rachel travels to Moesco Island to speak to Anna's widower, Richard. On the ferry journey, a horse leaps to its death after Rachel pets it, recreating imagery from the cursed tape. Noah goes to Eola Psychiatric Hospital to view Anna's medical files. Both separately discover Anna had an adopted daughter, Samara, who was able to psychically etch mental images onto surfaces and into people's minds. Rachel tries to speak with Richard about Samara, but he denies her existence. Rachel speaks with Dr. Grasnick, the island's general practitioner, who explains Samara was adopted due to Anna's infertility. Rachel sneaks into the Morgan farmhouse watching a videotape of Samara in a psychotherapy session who claims she cannot control her abilities. Rachel confronts Richard, who commits suicide upon learning Samara's powers are still at large. Noah arrives and he and Rachel go to the barn, where Samara was kept isolated. They find a burnt image of a tree, which Rachel recognizes from Shelter Mountain. They return to the inn, locating a stone well hidden under the floorboards. The final image on the tape. Rachel falls in the well, experiencing a vision of Anna suffocating Samara and throwing her down the well, where she died seven days later. Her last sight being the titular ring of daylight around the well's cap. 
Samara's corpse surfaces after Noah tells Rachel that the seven-day deadline has passed. The authorities assure the pair that Samara's corpse will be properly buried. The next day, Rachel tells Aiden that the curse has been lifted by liberating Samara. A distressed Aiden tells Rachel that it was a mistake to help Samara, saying that she never sleeps. At his apartment, Noah is murdered by the vengeful ghost of Samara. Rachel, upon finding his disfigured corpse, returns home and destroys the original tape, wondering why Noah was killed but she was not. She realizes that unlike Noah, she made a copy of the tape, which Aiden watched, thereby continuing the cycle that Samara wants to spread by duplicating the video and showing it to someone else to save oneself. As Rachel assists Aiden in making a copy of the cursed tape, Aiden asks what will happen to the person who watches the new tape, but Rachel does not answer. Anyway, so that was the synopsis. Quite the movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um... I think we're both realizing right now that just by me reading the synopsis, we're like figuring out a bunch of stuff about the movie that we didn't figure out before. And that tells you something. Yeah. Not about us, about the movie. Um, <laughs> or both. <laughs> probably both. Probably both, but mostly the movie, I think. And that's actually one of my complaints about the movie, so we'll get there, but yeah. So, Danielle, I hear that you have some fun facts for the audience today. Oh, yeah, I do. For the first fun fact, uh, a friend of mine told me about this one, that part of the film was filmed at uh, CSU Channel Islands, which is a, a university in... Near L.A.? Yeah, near L.A., near between L.A. and Santa Barbara, so... Um, yeah, and supposedly it was the well that they used, but when we looked up pictures of it, the well that is on campus there looks way bigger than the one in the movies, like way taller. Yeah, I'll put a picture here. But, um, I can't think of what else they would be filming there. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. So the actress who played Samara, uh... Davy Chase. Uh, she got scared by her own performance when she went to see the movie in the theater. Which Poor girl. I feel like that's like the equivalent of like, I don't know, a cat seeing their reflection in the mirror and getting scared and like swatting at it. That's funny. Yeah. And then, let's see, the Japanese maple tree with the red leaves that's shown throughout the film was actually a prop. It wasn't a real tree. Um, and it was made of steel tubing and plaster, and then the leaves were made with, uh, painted silk. So the, uh, the crew nicknamed it Lucille after the red-headed comedy icon Lucille Ball. I always thought her name was Lucy O. Ball. Are you serious? Yes, I thought her name was Lucille Ball. Wait, 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 Because wait, if you wait, say wait, hold Lu up. Lucille Ball? Yes, because... If you say it fast enough, Lucille Ball. If I didn't know her name was Lucille. I thought her name was Lucille Ball. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. But I thought also, it was like an Irish name. Because she has red hair. O'Ball? O'Brien? O'Ball? It makes sense when you're little. Oh, and, yeah. Sure, when you're little, but... 
And now. I am very surprised that you've never seen her name written, like, written down before. No, I mean, I love Lucy, not I love Lucille. Yeah, but they (laughs) they call her Lucy. Because Lucille is her full name. Yeah. Yeah. I thought her name was Lucy. Just Lucy. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. That's not even part of the fact. Anyway, so the crew thought that uh, the prop was cursed because every time they would set it up, it would suddenly become windy and uh, the the prop tree would get knocked down, so they'd have to go put it back again. The tree looked, pre- looked pretty real, like the way that they shot it, or I don't know. I'm also curious to you know like how big it was, because mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't necessarily like tree size. They could have totally made it look bigger just using like some perspective camera trickery you know mm-hmm. especially if they had to carry it around from like location to location i highly doubt it was like actually tree sized but yeah it's interesting that there were uh silk silk painted silk for the leaves because mm-hmm. they kind of looked like they were some sort of like uh like stained glass or something with the way mm-hmm. that the light would go through them yeah i don't know Maybe I need to see it again, but that's what I thought of when I saw it originally. And especially the way that it, like, cast the light or whatever. They probably just put a red light or whatever, but... I think, I think, I'm not 100%. Whenever you get, like, a fake flower at a, like, a Michael's, a Joanne's, whatever, shout out Michael's, they they usually use silk to make, like, the, the, ni- the nicer, more realistic-looking fake flowers. So, that's probably why they used them I don't know but yeah you're right it does look very like translucent maybe it was very thin or something mm-hmm. the next one is uh there are rings everywhere in the movie uh the carpeting wallpaper pattern circular kitchen knobs uh the doctor's sweater design Rachel's apartment number and more uh were designed with the film's title in mind and I actually caught one did you that um Right at the very end, when Noah's about to get killed, he before she shows up on the TV, mm-hmm. he goes and he picks up his little drink, and there was a water ring on the oh on really? the paper right there, and I was like, oh, there's a ring. That's not good. And then you know all what that sudden, means. yeah, <laughs> she's coming. She's coming. They tried to get rid of all of the shadows in the movie. Yeah. So Verbinski and the cinematographer Bohan Bazelli. Uh, they used the lack of sunlight in Washington to remove the characters' shadows, and uh, the two wanted to keep the characters' feelings as if they were floating a bit in space, which is really interesting. I will say that I noticed about the cinematography um, that it was like very gloomy, very like it had a lot of like blue hues, mm-hmm. and you know what that reminded me of? Another little movie set in Washington, Twilight. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'll put the side-by-side comparison, but I think they both have a a similar aesthetic. I'll just say that. So lastly, um, there is a nod to Alfred Hitchcock's movie Rear Window, which I want to watch, but I haven't seen yet. Um, and it's when Rachel is staring out at the other residents from her balcony. Uh, she, focuses on, she focuses in on an apartment that contains a man seated with his uh, left leg in a cast. And this is similar to Alfred Hitchcock's movie Rear Window, which featured uh, actor Jimmy Stewart spying into his neighbor's apartments. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's I feel like that's always cool when a newer horror movie, I mean, newer-ish, you know. Um, well, compared to... Yeah, compared right to there. Hitchcock movies, yeah. yeah. They they do, like, a little nod to another movie. Mm -hmm. Especially in that way, because I feel like that was pretty subtle. Like, we talked a little while ago about the new Conjuring movie, and theirs were, like, pretty heavy-handed. So I like that, the subtlety of that. I feel like you would only catch that if you were, like, a really big fan of that movie or, like, Hitchcock movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty neat. So I have thoughts about this movie. But they're all kind of scattered, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Okay. I've got some questions. Some questions? I have one question. I have But I'm, I'm excited to hear your questions as well. Okay. Um, so the first thing that I noted, and it's not significant whatsoever, but I will just say it because, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's our podcast. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> it's the fact that um, the guy who, she go, so she goes to the funeral, right? Mm -hmm. And all these, like, teenage kids who are Katie's friends are hanging out outside. Like, the cool kids are smoking. They're, like, chilling. Yeah. And, um, what? I was just thinking that she, like, how she comes walking up and they're like, <laughs> she said, how do you do, Philip? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I used to smoke weed in their life. Oh, ooh, she's cool. Ooh, okay. We should we'll definitely you, talk to her. Yeah, we'll give you all of the information. <laughs> Automatically. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the guy, I think he was like the only guy in that scene because there was two girls who were like talking and smoking and hanging out. And the guy that volunteers the information that it was because of the tape, mm -hmm. because she doesn't even ask him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the I believe the actor's name is Adam Brody, and I recognize him from Gilmore Girls because he plays Dave Rogowski, mm -hmm. who uh, Lane dates for a little bit, but then he mysteriously disappears because he actually got his own show on the CW. <laughs> so they kind of phased him out, and then she started dating Zach, and that's who she married. So Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. shout out Dave Rogowski. <laughs> Maybe he he mysteriously disappeared because he watched the tape. Ooh, damn! A crossover, <laughs> the ultimate crossover event. They're actually the same universe. <laughs> next next time that they do a reunion for, for uh, Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls it's gonna be Lorelai and Rory like doing their little movie night, but it's just <laughs> the ring. The ring. What if Samara is the third Gilmore Girl? <laughs> And they're actually all charmed sisters. Wait, what? <laughs> We're getting off track here. Um, but yeah, that was like my one thing that I noticed in the beginning. Okay, yeah. So, uh, one thing that stuck out in the very beginning that I just thought was funny was how the one girl, I feel like uh, there's the two teenage girls, right? And I think the one that died. Mm -hmm. Katie. Katie. Yeah. She. I feel like she thought she was big brain, and she was like, "Fucking TVs, dude! They're killing your brain cells and stuff." And then, like, I was thinking that that sounds like the five G conspiracy conspiracy theories. theories. That's like, okay, whatever, dude. Yep. But I feel like they were trying to like have some like like setting the tone for the movie that like oh you watch the movie and you're gonna you're like, gonna TVs die are bad. yeah TVs are bad and like when she saw all the neighbors they were all watching their TVs and like, right 
So I was like, okay, I guess I get what they're trying to do, but just like, it was kind of funny. It was funny, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if that movie were to be made now, it wouldn't be TV, so it would be phones. Mm-hmm. And it would definitely be like the five chain mail, <laughs> the five G situation. And yeah, like you know, you get an email and you open it, and then you watch a little video, and then you. I don't click on those videos because I'm not dumb. <laughs> we know not to open those things. Yeah. <laughs> Something else too that I think you brought up while we were watching the movie, but I had already written it down on my notes. Mm-hmm. Is like when um, after Rachel. Uh, watches a video and she and Noah comes over and she's like telling him about it and she's like oh my god like I watched the video and I'm gonna fucking die or whatever and um, she has him take a picture of her and <laughs> the face looks all wonky like that straight up looks like an Instagram or like Snapchat filter no. nowadays you know which one specifically which one the ones on iPhoto is that, what the, is that what the app is called? I don't yes. know. Safari no, um, photo? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> photo booth. Photo booth, yeah. Like the ones we used to mess around with. It looks like so, photo booth. For your viewing pleasure, for those of you that are watching, we will take a picture <laughs> in true ring form. And I will put it right here. So you can see what it would look like if we had watched the video. Although hopefully we don't die. I don't know if this is more of a complaint or not. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Just throw it out there. Um, the in the beginning, the when they're like trying to trick you that like, oh, she got the phone call and she's gonna die, mm-hmm. and then she like the one girl hears like, Ugh, and then like she gives the phone to the other girl, and then she's like, hi mom, and I'm like, <laughs> what was the mom doing? <laughs> the mom like butt dialed and she didn't know, and then she was like, oh, oops. <laughs> I have an, my one question is, I'm just going to say it now because we're already on this theme. Mm-hmm. So, so Aiden watches the video, right? Mm-hmm. And after they get a phone call, but Rachel's like freaking out so they don't answer. But then she goes to look at her phone and there's a voicemail. Samara left them a voicemail. <laughs> She said, hey, hey guys, <laughs> she said, this is a call about your extended warranty. You're gonna die in seven days. I was Give like, me your bank information. <laughs> I was very confused about that. I was like, wow, what a polite ghost. <laughs> she left a voicemail. Oh, and so my question to you was, what would the voicemail say? Probably just say seven days, but I like your, I like your warranty. <laughs> And this is a courtesy call because your warranty is your auto warranty is up. Um, your life warranty is about to expire in seven days. So I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I was like, why would you leave a voicemail? That is funny. That's a good point. I saw the voicemail thing, but I didn't. I didn't think about what the voicemail would actually sound like. Uh, okay, so another uh, thing that uh, is just a random thought is that. Um, they do like a close up of her face at the end. Rachel or Samara. Sorry, yeah, Samara. Mm-hmm. They do a close up of Samara's face at the end, um, and I recognized the face immediately as the one that I don't know. This is gonna. What? I guess this is gonna date me, kind of. You're not old. <laughs> no, but like also, I'm I'm not old, but I'm not young. Okay. I'm in the weird place. I'm in the, in the second place. <laughs> I'm in the second place. 
Aren't we all? That's where the the people who are not Gen Z but also not millennials <laughs> fall into. <laughs> so, um, when I was in middle school and your friend tells you, oh, here, do this stupid little maze. And then you, like, do the little maze. And then at some point, like, you're about to, like, finish the maze. And then, like, the jump scare pops up on the screen. It, it was her face that, that for the one that I saw when I was younger. That's funny. And it scared me. <laughs> Not scared me, but, like, it, it, it like. Startles it startled you, It yeah. startled me, yeah. So, like, I got mad. That's funny. I rem- always remember the one that I, I will try and insert it if I find it. But it is pretty old. It's like, that's going to date me. It's like Windows XP era. Like, this is really old. There was a video of a car, and it was like a car. It looked like it was a car commercial. And so you're just watching it and watching it and watching it. Are <laughs> you getting creeped out? Yeah, I don't like it. And then, But it, nothing happens to the car. It's just like a scary face all of a sudden. Um, but it is one. it's the same, like, trick as the maze thing where you're so, like, focused on the car because it just, like... It goes, it seems to go forever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is going to happen? Like, are they going to arrive somewhere? Like, what is this going to, what kind of weird commercial is this? I don't know. And then, of course, at the end, it's just like a creepy face. So if you've also been scared by, if you've also fallen into that trap, let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something else I noted was the fact that the video itself, like the creepy video, with the tape, whatever, it reminded me a lot of... I don't know if you remember this episode of The Office. You might. <laughs> There's a Halloween episode of The Office where <laughs> you already know where I'm going with yeah. this. Where um, Aaron's trying to make the Halloween party more scary for Robert California. And so she asks Gabe to help her because he's into the cinema of the unsettling. And I'm like 100% sure that that video was inspired by like the tape from The Ring. So... When I saw it, I was like, it just, it kind of cracked me up a little bit because I remembered that episode. It was so funny. That is funny. Everyone's like creeped out. And then Oscar's like, is that my grandma? <laughs> I have questions. Okay. So what are your questions, Danielle? Lay them on me. Okay. So I would say one of my biggest questions is, actually, these are all pretty like big questions, but okay. Why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> Why did they build a cabin on top of a well? Who thought that was a good idea? That's bullshit. Yeah. What the fuck? That is... Wow, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I thought, too, when when you see, like, the marbles, like, pull to, like, the center of where the well is, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to, like, cut it, like, or, you know, destroy that layer of wood of the floor, and the well was gonna be, like, right there, right? Because that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, I know. it's like, but it's like down. Yeah, it's like a level lower, which is really weird, because why would it sag so much if that, like, if it wasn't being supported? Anyway, this is too specific now, but yeah. I get your question. It's I'm also confused. <laughs> And now I'm wondering if the well at CSU Channel Islands was used, but they built a cabin on top of it. I mean, maybe. Maybe that thing goes really deep, and that's where they used the camera angles for. But when she fell in, it didn't look like it was as tall as it was in the pictures that we saw. Right. Um, But, I mean, maybe they could have put more dirt up around it or something. Yeah, that's true. Took it away. Maybe, Maybe it was on a higher like hill before I don't know yeah um but yeah that's a good question I don't know 
somebody who's very um, intent on hiding that well. Maybe Anna, right? That was the mom's name. Maybe she, maybe that was her project after she killed her daughter. She said, hey, let's build a cabin on top of this well. I mean, maybe, because in, in, the, in the flashback or whatever, it looks like there weren't any cabins at all. Right. Yeah, I don't so, think there used to be. Yeah. Um, they also don't really give us... Actually, maybe they do, but I don't remember, because there is a montage where Rachel's doing research, and she's, like, got all her newspaper clippings and everything, but I don't remember if there was a timeline uh, stated as to, like, when Anna was alive and when she killed Samara, so... Mm. Yeah, I didn't catch... Like, maybe this is, like, years and years and years later, and somebody, for whatever reason, decided to build a cabin on top of a well. Yeah. They looked, they looked at the well, and you said, they said, you know what would go really good on top of that well? A cabin. So. And then how did it get water to me? Every time that she had to crawl out of there to go kill someone. <laughs> she said, ah, let me out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a very good question. I feel like there's a lot of weird questions like that. Mm-hmm. about this movie the next one what's your next question why was the tree burned onto the wall of her room underneath the wallpaper if she died when she saw that tree like who did she came back in her little weird ghost form and what do you mean she died when she saw that tree like okay so she was there and she was like by the well and like mm-hmm. she saw the little tree gotcha. and like unless they went to see that tree multiple times Mm -hmm. and then like the mom just happened to push her in the that time that time Mm -hmm. but but why would it be on the wall yeah underneath the wallpaper like did she like burn it onto the wall before and then i think we're i i getting to i had a similar i have i had like not to jump ahead but some of the reasons why i don't like this movie so much Mm -hmm. are because there are a lot of like unanswered questions like that mm-hmm. where you kind of have to be like I guess it was part of the supernatural thing like mm-hmm. and her powers apparently I, yeah. I don't know but that is a good question and short answer is I don't know <laughs> hell if I know hell if I know okay so so based on the the psychotherapy tape they make it sound like Samara manifested x-ray photos by thinking of them. So is this her powers? Because if so, she could just be an x-ray machine. <laughs> and, like, she's just, like, look at someone and be like, yep, your leg is broken. <laughs> and it, like, prints out of her brain. <laughs> because, like, what the fuck is that? What was that? I was, honestly, I still am very confused about what the hell her powers were and how they worked and why. And... I was, it was just a little messy. And I'm curious to know how it was in the original movie. Because maybe it was, like, I don't know, more clear. Or or mm-hmm. they explained it better about, like, Samara and, like, what her powers were and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, I didn't get that part, honestly. Yeah. I was very confused. It's weird. It's very weird. I saw somewhere... I think it was on a Mental Floss article that said something of, like, the movies had, like, a 50% difference between them or something like that, yeah. which is, like, pretty crazy. Like, that's a lot to change. It is. They. It seems like they just took, like, the overall... Like, idea? Idea of the movie, yeah. Or, or maybe, like, 
Samara as, like, the monster herself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe they just took that and used it as inspiration for the American version. But either way, shit's messy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, as I say, uh, this goes into something else that I saw. You know what, what is probably a result of that? What? That they started filming the movie when the script wasn't even finished yet. It does seem very convoluted at times. In a, in a way that, like, sometimes those kind of, like, that those kind of plot lines, like, work for the movie. Mm-hmm. Because um, they, I feel like when a plot line is a little bit confusing and a little bit twisted, to a certain extent, it makes the audience become more engaged. Because you're trying to, like, piece things together, um, either, like, on your own or along with a certain character. If they're mm-hmm. investigating in the same way that Rachel was investigating. But... There was never, there were never any clear findings. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of all jumbled. Jumbled, yeah. So it's weird. So, what did you like about the movie? Well, there are a few things that I like. Um, I did like Naomi Watts's acting. I thought she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times, I feel like she was almost too good for the movie. Like she wasn't given enough or what she was given wasn't great, but she's, like, a really good actress, so... Mm -hmm. And I did read that this was only, like, her second, like, big movie, I think. Um, She had just done Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch movie, uh, like, a bit before this one came out. So that's that was, like, her main uh, credit before this, so... Mm -hmm. um, But, yeah, I think she was was really good. What about you? Uh, I will piggyback on your statement and say that I really liked the acting actor that played Aiden and and uh Davy Chase who mm, played the uh, kids Samara. Yeah, the the two kids did really well. Yeah. That's um, true. That Aiden was... was creepy in his own way. He was just creepy looking. Like not to be mean, but like he just, he looked like an old man. He looked like 45 or 60. <laughs> he just I don't know, he just gave they, me a weird vibe. They did a makeup a really good makeup on him or something. Might just be his face, but... Maybe. It probably also didn't help that he was wearing, like, little, like, suits and stuff. And, like, I don't know. And, like, he just had such a, like, deadpan face Mm -hmm. and, like, a very, like, emotionless, like... And calling his mom by her first name. And I was like... God damn. Mm -hmm. This kid seems like he's already, yeah, like, way older than he is. He was, like, the, the least... Like, the most non-little kid, little kid that I've ever seen. It was really weird. He is a New York lonely boy. <laughs> he is a New York lonely boy. Shout out, girl five, girls five ever. <laughs> so something else that I that I liked, which we already kind of talked about, was the cinematography. I feel like that was pretty good, and I like that they were able to create, like, a certain atmosphere, a certain feel or, like, vibes. <laughs> um, and like in the movie and it really like created like a specific world I don't know if that makes sense all the visual aspects were really cohesive with each other mm-hmm. which is good because something had to be cohesive in this movie <laughs> um but yeah I, I like the style of the cinematography I thought it was really neat I want to point out specific two specific uh shots that I really liked which was um, the shot of the windshield with the rain coming down it was really cool. Yeah. 
Um, and then later on in the movie when um, Noah is digging through all the files and stuff, he opens up a file cabinet and the camera was inside the file cabinet. So, mm-hmm. like, you see the, the camera come out of the drawer. Yeah. And, like, it looked really cool. Yeah. I will say, uh, I also noted the, the scene with the windshield. And actually that whole little sequence, to me, was, like, when I started to notice the cinematography itself... Um, when she's driving to the inn, mm-hmm. because they do a lot of, like, very wide, like, almost, like, drone-like... I don't know what they used back then. They probably didn't use drones, maybe cranes or dollies or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it, was, it just looked really cool, the way that, like, she was driving there in the car, and then they switched to, like, her, and they switched to the windshield. So it was very, like, dynamic, and I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I think, for the most part... The movie was pretty well paced. It, even though like some some bits were slower than others, it always did seem like the narrative was being moved forward. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I think it the fact that there was a limited time that they had to find out what was going on, I think really helped because mm-hmm. it kind of helped move the story along without feeling too stagnant. Like they had to move on like day by day because seven days right Mm -hmm. so I feel like that kind of worked in in the movie's favor a little bit because I feel like if had it had this not been the case I think it really would have ran the risk of being like really slow paced um just in the way that things were unfolding you know Mm -hmm. but I like that time I like that time element that that time constraint element because it really um adds to the pressure you know like you kind of you kind of see, you kind of feel the pressure along with the characters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool how, um, I think you might have already mentioned this, but how um, the things that were, the things that happened in the, the VHS tape happened to Rachel and Noah in mm-hmm. real life, like the, the ladder appearing, mm-hmm. the, the horse jumping and drowning itself, and then you see like the blood in the water her like with the hair and the I really like that scene by the way the hair she pulls this like big old nasty like hair out of her mouth with like the little weird cord that you like stick on your head with a suction cup Mm -hmm. and I I turned to her while we were I turned to Paola while we were watching it and I was like I feel like I'm coughing it up like I feel like kind of grossed out because yeah I don't know I've had like times where I had like really long like stringy cheese that's like (laughs) dangling stuck in the back of your throat yeah like it won't cut off and so mm-hmm. I'm just like ah, I'm dying that's your version of that <laughs> a really long piece a of fucking, cheese a, a mozzarella stick at the end that you're just like <laughs> oh I'll just add that that uh it kind of helps with the with the um pacing of the video with with translating over to their seven days because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that they see it in the order of how they see things in happening video. in the video mm-hmm. I think I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But, so it's like, oh, you know, you're seeing the horse thing now, you're you're getting close to the end of the little right. video or whatever. That's interesting. Um, another thing that I thought was neat, and I'm always a big fan of when horror movies kind of use um, silence, like, in a particular scene to kind of make it more dramatic, like, I much prefer that as an element um, over, like, really loud, uh, noises, like, either growl or, like, uh, you know, like, that really deep, like, am- like, 
ambient sound that they use sometimes. I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, mm-hmm. I much prefer like silence in a scene to to loud noises to make it more dramatic and to have more of an impact. So the scene where they get to the to the end uh, towards the end, they figure out that the well is under the cabin for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and um, they start you know uh, Noah starts destroying the wood. And I think it was, it must have been right before, basically when um, the bolts start to get, like, undone, mm-hmm. um, it's not completely silent, but it is, like, pretty, pretty quiet in a way that's like, oh, shit, like, what's gonna happen? Um, and then that's when, sure enough, like, the TV fucking smacks uh, Rachel and she falls into the well. So mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I thought that was a cool way to use, you know, silence to kind of emphasize more what's happening on screen. Another tool similarly that I like that they use in horror movies is when they like drag out a jump scare like they kind Mm -hmm. of prepare you for it Mm -hmm. Um, which they did like two two or three different times. The first one that I noticed was the in the beginning with the um, every time when she'd open the fridge and then she'd close it Mm -hmm. and you keep expecting there's gonna be something in the hallway but then I don't think there is really but then there's the um you go, she goes over to the TV, and then it's in the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, there is the... When she's watching the tape of Samara, and the lighthouse keeps, like, lighting up the living room behind her. Mm-hmm. And the frame the frame was uh, did not have her centered, so your your focus kind of goes to the background. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it shows it a couple times, and then, like, the last one or two times, the um, Richard, he's in the back. Right. And he, you know, comes over and smacks her in the Mm -hmm. head. Mm -hmm. The last thing I had that I thought was kind of neat, and I don't feel particularly strongly about this one, but I will throw it a bone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that the ending had somewhat of a twist Mm -hmm. um, that was pretty creative, I will say. Like, obviously in most movies it would end when... Uh, Rachel helps Samara and like oh great like the curse is lifted whatever um, but I did like the fact that they went like a step further with with that and having Samara be like no like actually bad mm-hmm. um, she kills Noah and then that's when kind of Rachel realizes that she's gotta spread the message or whatever um, so yeah so I thought that was that was neat it was a neat way to end the story because mm-hmm. it really I feel like this was a way, it was a good way to do, like, an open-ended situation. Yeah. And um, in a way that didn't feel too sudden and felt more like, mm, I guess, left you thinking a little bit. So I, I appreciated that. I appreciated the ending. I totally agree. That was one of my notes that it's, it was like a fake-out uh, like happy ending. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like... Where are they going with this? Like, the movie's done. Like, the, come on, they're going past that that uh, button, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then they're, like, Aiden says, oh, you weren't supposed to help her. And then I was, like... Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And then, yeah. And then he gets... Uh, Noah dies and stuff. And so, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, the way that Rachel has to spread it out reminded me of um, It Follows where yeah. they're trying to, like, push it away so it doesn't get them. Mm-hmm. Trying to pass it on to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, apparently there was a few more instances 
instances of this than I caught, but uh, there's like a very blatant um, split second um, mm. subliminal frame that they insert of the well mm. um, right after the horse jumps off the boat and drowns itself. Mm-hmm. Like right between that scene and the, the next scene, they put a, a frame of the well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I was reading about it, and apparently they did that a few other times, I think it said. Mm-hmm. Um, but they must have done it more smoothly that I didn't notice it. Yeah. So. Yeah, same. I didn't notice any other one. Uh, I like that it, the movie came back around in the end to like what happened in the beginning when um, the teacher told Rachel, hey, you're not, like, paying attention to your kid, and it's kind of obvious by how independent he is, Mm -hmm. and, like, how, like, he, it seems like he doesn't really rely on her for anything, because she's always busy, or, or, like, not as much of, like, an adult as she, you know, as she should be, Mm -hmm. whatever. Rachel realizes that Samara wanted to be heard, Mm -hmm. and she's saying, why Why wasn't anybody, you know, paying attention or listening to her when she was trying to do these things? And then you can kind of see this, like, look of, like, uh, comprehension dawn over her face. And then after that, like, it seems like she goes back home and she's, like, more... Attentive. Attentive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when we see the next morning that she, she uh, you know, stayed with, with her son in his room and, like... Mm-hmm. So... It motivated her to be closer to him. Yeah. What did you not like about this movie? So, so like we already discussed, storyline's a little iffy in the sense that, to me, it felt like there were a lot of unanswered questions. And even though, like, it was entertaining and it was dramatic, which I appreciated because that makes for a good entertaining movie, um, I thought that the plot was, like, a little convoluted for for my taste um they didn't really explain the logistics of everything i feel like they tried to by telling you that samara had this special ability but i feel like everything that was uncovered was kind of left like half-baked if that Mm -hmm. makes sense it never it never landed for me it never came together for me where i where i said ah okay well i get it now the only thing that has that full circle moment is the fact that she sees the ring in the well. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's well done. That's well executed. That kind of tells you why the movie's called that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I feel like everything else was kind of like, huh? Like what? Like the phone calls. Who's making the phone calls? Mm-hmm. Like she got a phone down there in the well or what? Like is that meant to be interpreted as just supernatural or what? Like it's just kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like the tape, where did the tape come from? Yeah. Who made the tape? Who I made saw, the tape? I originally thought that maybe Anna, when I, when the movie first started, I thought maybe Anna was like, uh, losing her mind a little bit, like on her own naturally, not, mm-hmm. which I was confused about later on too. I was like, so did, did Anna just lose her mind or did Samara make Anna lose her mind, mm-hmm. and that was the, one of the other questions I had, but I realized, like, no, she's got weird supernatural stuff, she's doing this. Okay, so I thought that originally that Anna made the weird tape, mm-hmm. and, like, was abusing her daughter or something, yeah. and, like, that was up with the, what was up with the chair and, like, the, the well and all that stuff, 
but no, it doesn't seem like that. It's just weird. And yeah. where did they get all this weird footage of? Did Anna? Did uh, Samara make the tape with her mind? Like, is that what we're <laughs> the, supposed to believe? The X-rays and the <laughs> damn. She's multifunction like that. So I was just kind of like, what? What is? What is all this? Um, I feel like. The fact that all these things were confusing and unanswered meant for me that as an audience member, there was a limit to how engaged I could be with the story because ultimately they they weren't answering the things that are important for me as a viewer and the things that, that make me want to keep finding out what's going on in the story. And so I, like the end was just a little bit of a, of a letdown, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, I liked the way that it was executed, but I felt like I had watched like an unfinished product, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the end, the ends were never tied basically is how it felt for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Most of my things in my didn't like category are complaints with, uh, I wasn't even sure they made it seem like. Samara was adopted, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what it says when you read the synopsis. Like, she, she was, yes, like, she, she was, was adopted. adopted. Mm-hmm. But there's a point when she's looking through some stuff in um, Richard's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel's looking through stuff in Richard's house. And it looks like she comes across a birth certificate that says that Samara was born mm-hmm. from, it had Richard's name on it. Yeah. So it was like, did they fake a birth certificate for her? Yeah. Because they, like stole this kid whose mom died giving birth to her did they kill the mom and like I don't know it just seemed really sketchy so I was like okay they didn't really like they didn't make it super clear like I was questioning it Mm -hmm. and then why did she have evil powers did she have them I wasn't sure if she had them before or after she died I guess both yeah and then like also, she she could go into people's minds that didn't even watch the tape. So it's like nobody's safe. Like, you, you need some sort of bounds of, like, you have to watch the tape to be affected by her. Like, it doesn't make any sense that she could affect people who didn't watch the tape. Because then it's like, why does she even need the tape? She could just go and get anybody. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, and also, are we, are we meant to believe that her mom killed her because she had these magical powers? You know, like, it's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Something else that I didn't like uh, was the fact that I felt like the characters were pretty flat. Um, I feel like the obviously Rachel's the person that we find out the most about because she's the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like the things that we do find out about her aren't really explored, or at least what I thought was interesting about her, like the fact, like her career. She was a journalist. Oh. Like that. That was. They didn't do anything with that. It was completely not, you know, if it was just completely useless information. Yeah. And it made me think that that was going to come into play at, at a certain point. Um, also, like, her relationship with her son, like, it doesn't really come to play until the very end when, like you said, she kind of has that realization that she maybe she should be paying a little bit more attention. But the very beginning establishes her as a, as a you know, as a badass, like, journalist lady. And, um, you know, her parenting skills, you know, suffering because of that Mm -hmm. um, when she goes to school and she talks to the teacher. So it's kind of like they drop that, like, immediately 
and and I feel like that those were the little things that I thought were interesting about her as a character and they just were never relevant again mm-hmm. um also like the fact that she was um that um the fact that Noah was Aiden's dad mm-hmm. like that was kind of just dropped in but their relationship was never explored you yeah. know for all intents and purposes Noah was just the guy that helped her mm-hmm. uh find out more stuff about the tape so it was just like I don't know what what the point of introducing those elements uh, was, if they were never going to explain them any further or make them play a part in the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That was kind of weird to me. Very true. When, when they first show Noah, I think that he walks past um, Aiden on his way to school. They made him seem like a bad guy even, too. I was like, is this guy about to kidnap the kid? Because that's what it seemed like. He looked, like, all creepy, and it was raining, and he was, like, looking down at him and, like, in his way. <laughs> and I was like, get out of his way, dude. That little, little, you know, lonely New York boy is just walking his little butt over to his school by yeah. himself. Little seven-year-old or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So the last thing that I that I didn't like mm-hmm. um, was the fact that I feel like this movie has, like, zero rewatchability. And usually, like, older horror movies like this one, obviously this one's not as old as, like, you know, American Werewolf, which is, like, even older, and it's kind of a classic. But I feel like it's somewhat of a classic for, like, movies that came out in the early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. I, re- I clearly remember being in school... And people talking about The Ring and how scary it was and, like, how big of a movie it was when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it was, to a, it's to a certain extent, somewhat of a classic, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever a movie has that kind of reputation, for the most part, they're really, like, they're really rewatchable. Like, you want to watch it because because it makes you think of a certain time in your life. It makes you think of the way that it made you feel when you first watched it. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, maybe because I didn't watch it when I was younger, it has no rewatchability. And that, to me, to a certain extent, is pretty important in a horror movie. Because, like, especially if it's older, you you want to, to be able to, like, enjoy it in that sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the only other thing. And maybe it's a little bit nitpicky and, like, specific to me, but I just feel like I wouldn't really want to watch this movie again. Like, it, it just didn't... It didn't do that for me, you know? So that was just my last thing. I was just kind of... I probably wouldn't want to see it again, you know? Yeah. I'm wondering... I would like to see... I will say I would I would like to see the original one. Oh, yeah. The Japanese one, because I have heard that one's actually much scarier than this one. So... Mm. I don't I agree with you that I don't think I would, like, purposefully put on the movie for for, like, just me to watch. If somebody told me, like, they hadn't seen it, like, I wouldn't mind watching it with them. But, like, yeah, I don't think I would watch it again, just me, versus, like, I would watch Get Out again. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Probably, like, most of the movies that we've reviewed, I would watch them again. Yeah. Like, I think about it in the same sense. Like, we've seen Get Out quite a few times. I've seen Psycho a bunch of times because I love that movie, and Mm -hmm. that's, like, an older movie that I didn't grow up watching but when I discovered it, like, it has so much rewatchability because it's just a really good movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just didn't really have that for me. And I 
I don't look for that in every single horror movie, but I feel like in ones that are a little bit older, I feel like if I'm going to spend my time watching an older piece of media, it's it's got to be something that I feel has some, you know, rewatchability value or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So, Danielle, mm. what did you rate this movie? I gave this movie an 8.1 out of 10. Okay. Uh, creepy VHS tapes. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. So, Paula, what is your rating for this movie? So, I'm rating this movie 7 out of 10 ghost voicemails. <laughs> Very considerate ghost. It was, it was okay for me. Um, but I can see why it was so popular when it came out. Because mm-hmm. it has a lot of those elements. So... Yeah, if I would have seen it when it came out in 2002, I was in second grade, I would have pooped my pants, so I will say that. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you've seen this movie, let us know what you thought in the comments below. If you have any movie suggestions or comments or questions, you can always email us at danielleandpaula at gmail.com. And then go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is Hysterified Podcast. And then you can follow us on Twitter. And our handle for that is Hysterified Pod. And then also, if you're using Apple Podcast app, uh, it'd be awesome if you give us a review and a rating. And we appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.